Well, we made it, everyone. Welcome to the preseason and welcome to the latest edition of Between the Horns, presented by your Southern California Toyota dealers, proud partner of the L.A. Rams. I'm J.B. Long, and we're looking forward to getting back in our Thursday cadence for this show. So if you're joining us live on our social and digital platforms, feel free to plug that into your calendar and make it a regular occurrence. Or if you'd like to subscribe and download the podcast, Again, we're planning a weekly episode of this show. Do hope to see you in person at SoFi Stadium on Saturday night, 7 p.m. We'll preview that game against the Chargers and discuss the latest developments from Rams camp in this episode. Let's say good morning to some friends and start with Maurice Jones-Drew, who's been on a training camp whirlwind around the NFL, but still had time to work in a morning jog. MJD, how's it going? JB, I was a double agent. I got a lot of information for both of us on the broadcast or and DeMarco, but uh, I'm happy to be back here on the West Coast. It's a little humid there on the East Coast right now, and just say I'm glad to be back where there's no humidity. <laughs> and DeMarco, you made some rounds as well to Canton and back uh, to see a friend enshrined in the Hall of Fame. Have you recovered from that trip? No, I, I'm still buzzing. I'm still wearing it. Uh, the the Isaac Bruce, you know, friends and family pass, and then you know the Hall of Fame ticket enshrinement 2020. Uh, just awesome for anybody that loves ball as much as we do. You need to go here and just see this, regardless of who's going in. But the speech was great. The weekend was awesome. I wasn't a double agent. I was only working for me. <laughs> we were having fun and no running. <laughs> and we're. Glad to have ESPN's Lindsay Theory back. She covers the Rams for ESPN and ESPN.com. Lindsay, good morning. How was your training camp experience? Good morning. Uh, it was great. You know, the best part was being back out there and having such a fun atmosphere with the fans uh, back in attendance. So that always adds a little bit of juice to training camp, um, gets the players pumped yeah. up. And uh, for the reporters sitting on the sideline, a little more exciting, too. Yeah. And now that you've seen Matthew Stafford in more live settings in Sean McVay's offense, Lindsay, kind of what's your updated projection for the impact he's going to have in L.A.? Yeah, I think it's going to be huge. Uh, he has been so impressive throughout training camp. Um, just his I think what's impressed me the most, I mean, we know he had a strong arm, but it's his ability to navigate in the pocket. And watching just his footwork when that rush is coming and how he's so calm, moves his feet and still delivers such a catchable ball, so strong. Um, to me, that has been so impressive to watch. Uh, not to mention, I mean, it looks like he's been throwing to Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and Deshaun Jackson for far longer than just a few weeks. So I, I think his impact's going to be huge. And JD, is it wrong to be too hyped based off of the performance he's set forth so far? Uh, he hasn't been hit or sacked yet. Uh, JB, listen, before he even got here, when the trade went down, uh, before it was even made, like, I guess they processed it to the league, the expectations went were through the roof. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's, as humans, we want to be excited, right? We want to go out there. You have a, a top five, top three caliber arm here in this system with these weapons, uh, with that defense, right? You, you, the expectations are through the roof. I, I think as they should be. I mean, that's where Sean McVay wants this team to be. That's where these players want to be. That's the way they've competed throughout training camp. Even though I was on the road, I always kept my eye on what the Rams were doing, watching, talking to people. Um, it's, it's it's an exciting time, and we should have high expectations for the Rams. Uh, you, you know, and, and and that's how I feel, regardless of if he's been sacked or not. He has the potential of being one of the best. This has the potential of being one of the best teams that we've called game for, uh, and we should have ex expectations for that. 
DeMarco, even if you didn't watch number mm -hmm. nine in red, like if you didn't see any of his throws, if you just observe the body language of the men around him, namely Sean McVay, Andrew Whitworth, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, you kind of get the sense that they sense there's something special in his potential with this this team. Uh, dare I say joy? You know, they, they, they all, they've always had passion for what they, what they do. Football is fun, but being around Matt Stafford, uh, there's a certain lightness and joy to them. And just to watch them off to the side talking about football stuff, uh, coach and player, it, it's, it's fun to watch. And uh, just thinking of things, you know, through him, like watching Jalen Ramsey go through the receiving core looking for a challenge and can't find any. And me saying, okay, so that guy doesn't exist. That number one receiver does not exist on the Rams roster. Not that it's paramount, but Matt Stafford and his arm and his the velocity and where he can put it and his creativity with the football will give you a chance to be more artistic in the air. So you don't really need that guy. Uh, he'll give you a chance to be that guy. So, yeah, it's special. And then watching quarterback drills. I never really got a chance to actually watch quarterbacks go through individual period, the beginning of practice. And then I thought to myself, JB, I never really wanted to see a quarterback go through individual until he got here. He is a fantastic athlete. He's been a five-star athlete since high school. Before that, all the way through college and into the pros, uh, his numbers are unbelievable. And it's, it's, it's immediate. It was immediate. As soon as he stepped on the field, this football team became a better football team. DeMarco, I have to say, though, I wasn't expecting the news of the week to be about the man who's going to send the first snap back to him against the Chicago Bears on Sunday Night Football, September the 12th. The Rams are adjusting the plan on the interior of their offensive line. Brian Allen now projected as the starter at center. Austin Corbett back to right guard. Bobby Evans falls into a reserve role. Your reaction? Uh, I'm kind of disappointed for Bobby Evans um, because if he's the odd man out, uh, then so be it. I guess that speaks for itself. But he might be better suited to be the swing guy, the guy that can back up a tackle in both guards and, and what have you. But, you know, uh, having Allen in it at center uh, as a starter does not surprise me. He was the starter before he got hurt. Um, I think it's good that you worked out Corbett, that if you have a problem, you can slide him in and be seamless. I think that's been the hallmark of this offensive line anyway, the versatility and the, the, the ability to plug in guys at different positions and not miss a beat. So, as long as everybody's getting work, then so be it. But I was thinking about this earlier, Maurice, JB, and Lindsey. Um, what's wrong with playing two centers <laughs> in a game? <laughs> what's wrong with revolving centers? And I bet you might see a little bit of that anyway as we start the season until everything kind of settles in. But Allen as the starter is, is no shock. Hmm. Lindsey, what's your read on situation well, Marco's a little crazy for that two centers in a game I mean I the, the reason DeMarco is because you want a little consistency right yeah uh, you know I was pretty pretty stunned at the move only because entering training camp it seems so solidified that Austin Corbett um, that was his job and so to have that switch come on Monday and uh, really kind of I think it's after the the Cowboys scrimmage you know Sean McVay kind of expressed some displeasure with how we saw that whole operation going in between snaps and whatnot. So obviously something that they saw there and kind of what's going to be the closest thing to live action this group sees before the uh, before the actual season kicks off um, obviously spurred, spurred this change. Uh, I, I am concerned about the interior of, of the line only because – halfway through camp and now there's a switch and um you know brian allen didn't play last season sean McVay said he's super sturdy he's physically fit ready to go no doubt there he's worked really hard to come back um but i do still think it's a little bit concerning to be halfway through camp and then have to make a switch hmm. 
Maurice, let's uh, transition to the backfield behind that line and behind Matthew Stafford. And the Rams only have one running back on the active roster with an NFL carry to his name. That's Daryl Henderson. He won't play Saturday or during this preseason. No one else on the depth chart drafted higher than the seventh round, and yet the Rams remain optimistic about their options. How important do you think this preseason, these next three weeks are for the likes of Jake Funk and Xavier Jones? Uh, I think they're going to be huge. And you have to understand this. I remember being a rookie uh, playing in the preseason and there was four games and we had double days in training camp. But the preseason is where I was able to make my move up the depth chart. You want to be able to go out there and understand where you're going, not have mental mistakes, be explosive in the running game, uh, fit in the protection scheme, and then be able to catch the ball out of the backfield and make plays. And this is the beautiful part about about this offense and what, what what's going on. There are going to be some very good running backs cut uh, after the third preseason game. And guess what? The Rams can claim those guys, bring them in their system, and be able to make plays. And so for me, um, I am. this is very important for those guys to kind of solidify those guys, their, their, their second spot or the third spot or wherever, because this, this Rams roster is going to kind of – the bottom of the roster is going to kind of be rebuilt uh, after that third preseason game. There are going to be some quality running backs out there that have been cut uh, that they can bring in and help out. And I, I remember talking with uh, Les Snead about this when we were at training camp, and he said, look, we're excited about the guys we have on this roster, but we still have our eyes out there to see if there's uh, some other guys that can come and help us out as well. Hmm. DeMarco, with respect to center and running back, the implication seems to be they're counting on Stafford to make it all go, right, to make the other 10 around him better, whether it's, you know, checks, pre-snap identification, uh, the ability to stretch the field vertically and horizontally. And, and maybe even to protect himself when he is in a dropback situation. Well, that's the thing with center. Um, I think this is different from years prior, and uh, this is so hard. I see what, how Sean McVay has trouble with this because it seems like you're dumping on Jared Goff. But I think you're in a situation where now your center doesn't have to be smarter than the guy he's protecting because Matt Stafford can protect himself. He knows how to protect himself either by scrambling or where to dump the football, or he can buy time and get the ball down the field. But – with respects to the running backs, uh, I did see uh, Daryl Henderson on the way out to practice. And Maurice, back me up on this. He looks thicker in the upper body, around the neck and shoulders, like he has been preparing to take a pounding, like he is preparing to take the football 200-plus times. And then I'm starting to think, with Matt Stafford here, and that threat of him always going vertical is going to be there. I mean, the, the film is there. The guy can hit you for a big strike at any time, so – those strong safeties aren't going to be camped out at the line of scrimmage anymore. You're going to have to back off and actually play safety, which means you may get Daryl Henderson with this offensive line, this West Coast blocking scheme uh, against the seven-man box with a quick count. He may be up on you in a hurry. He may be one of these Jamal Charles type, type backs that leads the league in rushing yards before first contacts, one of these high yards per carry type guys because of a light box and the way they block things. So Matthew Stafford and his ability affects everyone on offense, not just the passing game, but everyone on offense has the chance to benefit from the threat of him being able to go vertical at the drop of a hat. Well, I think the, the most important thing for Daryl Henderson is availability, right? Uh, he's just been banged up. He's been explosive. I remember calling the game in Hawaii where he was showing burst and different things, and then last year he played well. Uh, in Philly, and then he played well a little bit in Buffalo, then he got banged up, right? And so mm -hmm. you got to make sure that he's available. And I think that's the most important thing. I think that's where they're going to add depth because he hasn't been that. 
he has the skill set. And yes, he bulked up a little bit because you need to have mm-hmm. a little bit of something on you. But I think you're exactly right. The addition of Deshaun Jackson to stretch the field vertically, the addition of Matthew Stafford to be able to throw the ball that down the field, it's going to help out the running game. It's going to allow you to run against those light boxes. Uh, you may run against two linebackers, one linebacker, because they'll have all these DBs on the field trying to cover these receivers. It'll open up a lot of stuff for here for Daryl Henderson as, as the season goes on. Can I make one more point? And I yeah. think this is great from a team perspective, maybe not from a player perspective, from a team perspective. This is where you want your running backs to be. Young, coming off a pretty good year, and slightly disrespected. You know what I mean? With a lot to prove. So that's exactly how you want your running backs to feel going into a season. So who knows, man? Uh, he's got the He's got the ability. If he gets past that first level – and he's off to the races. Who knows what will happen? Well, let's take a closer look at the preseason schedule and that rookie class then. Our first opportunity to see these young men in horns under the lights. We should see most of them make their SoFi Stadium debut on Saturday night against the Chargers. Lindsay, which Rams rookie are you most curious to see on Saturday night? You know, it's going to be one of my first questions to Sean McVay today. I'm really curious if Jake Funk is actually going to play in the preseason. That would seem crazy for him to not play in the preseason, but he's been taking a lot of reps um, with the starters. And I, Sean's obviously very protective of those guys that he knows are go- that he knows is going to play. So uh, but Jake Funk would be at the top of my list. Um, you know, he seventh round pick. He's coming. He's done a nice job with the opportunity. Um, so I'm really intrigued to, to see what he can do um, when they're actually out there tackling. He's actually got to run through some bodies that aren't just thumping him. Um, I also am really intrigued by Ernest Jones. I think he's really done a nice job during training camp with his opportunities, a couple of interceptions. Um, so I, I think that those two guys really, for me, are, are going to be the ones that I'm keeping close track of. Yeah, Jake Funk actually has a chance to kind of step into that Malcolm Brown role, potentially, despite being a first-year player. MJD, who do you have your eye on Saturday night? Uh, it's going to be the tight end, Jacob Harris. I, I'm excited to see uh, kind of what he's been able to do throughout training camp, how they're going to utilize him. Is he going to be a guy that's going to be able to go up and be that that kind of fade ball guy that the Rams haven't had? Or where, how are they going to utilize him in the open field? I'm excited to see what he can do. A guy out of UCF. Craziness, right? <laughs> tremendous he's athletic I mean you but I again I don't think he's a tight end I think he's a wide receiver but I feel like you just tag him with tight end so he's covered by these linebackers a bigger mismatch but I think he's gonna have a huge a huge uh, preseason and impact this team a, a lot this season it's interesting they are kind of trying to replace Gerald Everett it seems with the blocking ability uh, of Johnny Muntz and the receiving threat of Harris the rookie uh, DeMarco, not just this first-year class, but even last year's class has never played in a preseason game because of our circumstances last summer. Anyone you've got your eye on going into the contest against the Chargers? Well, uh, just the young guys, uh, I, I'm with Lindsey, Ernest Jones, and I put this down as I was watching training camp. How valuable is Micah Kaiser? We're going to see. We're going to see what Ernest Jones can bring them. So, uh, But I guess Bryce Perkins uh, is a guy that, that pops because, you know, how much – what percentage of the offense will come by your legs? Um, you want to see touchdown drives, definitely, but is it unrealistic? Are you just out there scrambling around? Like you scored two touchdowns and the Rams win the game, but you're three of 17 for 27 yards. Um, so let's see if you can actually run the offense. So that's that's a guy. And then uh, you guys mentioned Jake Funk. I hope he plays. Um, you know, what are you anyway? What can you be? What type of player are you going to be when there's 11 other guys that don't like you, that are trying to stop you? Are you necessary equipment to climb a mountain or are you just, uh, you know, a, a player that's that's under development? But just, 
you know, a, a lot of young guys will have a lot will have a, a lot of run to make some noise, and I hope they uh, take advantage. Because look, this was in camp. You you're probably going 50-50 with the guy you're competing against. Now, based on how you play week one in the preseason, that percentage is going to drop or or grow the next week. So we'll find out which guys will actually earn more practice reps, reps next week. Mark, I mentioned Perkins. He and Duck Hodge is expected to split the quarterback in duties in kind of alternating fashion on Saturday night because we will not see Matthew Stafford. And uh, also no John Wolford, whose backup job appears to be secure. Lindsay, you're the reporter on this uh, this podcast. Can you confirm or deny the, the rumor that I've heard that Wolford's appendix was actually just fine? He just wanted to remove all non-essential organs before a new season so that he could be streamlined. And as effective as possible. John Wolford is a wild one. I, you know, I, I ran into him um, kind of crossing on the on the sidewalk the other day, just a few days after that appendectomy. I said, John, like, I just want to make sure, like, are you doing okay? He's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be out there like, like a couple days. I said, John, you just had an appendectomy, man. Like, I think your job's pretty secure. Just take it easy for a minute. And he was like, no, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play. So I thought it was kind of funny that Sean was like, eh, no, we're shutting him down for the preseason. He's not gonna be out there. That's exactly right. All right, meantime, for the top of the depth chart, uh, practice will continue at the facility in Thousand Oaks. It's still training camp, just not down at UC Irvine. Uh, this time next week, we'll be talking about joint sessions with the Raiders, in fact, and that's about as close to preseason action as the top of the depth chart will get. Uh, around the horn one more time as we finish up here. Anyone we haven't mentioned so far who's impressed you through two weeks of preseason camp? Who's going? Uh, I got two guys, um, and I, I walked past them as you and I, JB, when we left the stage the last time we were at camp together. I saw Havenstein and Andrew Whitworth walking together with no shoes on, and it kind of struck me like, what are you guys doing? Well, it feels good after a cleated practice, but the first thing I thought was, you give me 16, 17 weeks of those two guys healthy, and I bet you won 12 games. I bet you do. And you you look on the date of birth, and Andrew Whitworth, he jumps out because of how old he is. But then I dare if you can pick out the old guy on the field when he's out there in pads. He looks just like he does when he was 25 years old. So those two bookends, staying healthy and getting better at what they do, will probably dictate everything we just talked about. Hmm. Probably going to sound like no, yeah, probably going to sound like a no-brainer. But for me, it's Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and Jalen Ramsey. Um, yeah, and throw in Aaron Donald while we're at it. I just can't believe the consistency that those guys come with every single day. I mean, they're obviously well-established um, stars, and you know, Aaron Donald's the first one to arrive um, at the dog pit where the defensive line gets to work. Jalen Ramsey, when you watch him, especially those one-on-one -on -one reps, I mean, that guy does not take a second off trying to get at those receivers. And then Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, day in and day out. I, I think those guys are always bringing their best and always striving to get better, um, no matter how far they've come and how good they are. So I think those four really, when you're talking, looking outside of like Matthew Stafford, I think those four really, really set the tone every single day. And I guess uh, I'll piggyback on what Lindsay said, because I was going to say those guys as well. But Deshaun Jackson, he can still fly. On the times that I was out there when I wasn't all around the country, I mean, it was like, phew, phew. I was like, who is this dude running around? You're 34 years old. You're running like, like, like you're 23. If he can stay healthy, and I know you drafted your young receiver, Tutu, out of Louisville to kind of do that as well. If Deshaun Jackson can stay healthy, 
imagine the the limits of this this offense. It'd be limitless, right? A guy that can stretch the field vertically, run past guys in those tight splits and cross the field, a guy that can throw the ball. I mean, they don't open up everything for everyone else. The key for Deshaun Jackson is to make sure you get him on the field on Sundays and he's running full speed because he's still one of the fastest guys in the National Football League. Mark, let me grab this and lean in. Jalen Ramsey forced a no throw in a one-on-one situation, like seven on seven. Yeah. You hear me, Maurice? He forced oh, a no throw. I have Listen. never seen a no throw in a one-on-one situation in training camp. Listen, I was that, in Jacksonville. That's impossible. And There's too much field and no safety, and you forced I was in, a no throw. I was in Jacksonville, and they were very upset about it. There's not many Jalen Ramseys out there, which is good for the Rams. Because there's not many guys that can cover Deshaun Jackson the way he has. And I you think that's helped him be better as well. In Jacksonville. You should feel dumb. Really. That guy is rare. That is unreal. His it, it wasn't level, his skill level, and his aggression is unbelievable. So you from my understanding, package like that. It wasn't it wasn't a it wasn't a talent issue with them. It just wasn't a mix. Or the you know, some relationships, some people are oil and vinegar, DeMarco. Everybody don't get along. Well, look, then but, I'm getting rid of vinegar. <laughs> I'm keeping him. Absolutely. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. MJD, one name that you dropped there along the way when you're talking about Deshaun, and I think you're exactly right. Like the expectations that I had cautiously coming into camp have been lifted. Like they're just straight up expectations now for his role in this offense. Uh, but Tutu Atwell to me is the most important player in this preseason on offense. And I think he's going to get his chances on Saturday night and maybe beyond. He was slow to get started in camp because of, of COVID. Um, but he was the first player they selected in this draft class. And I still think Sean McVay is high on his potential role in this offense. So even though it won't be Stafford throwing him the football, or even Wolford for that matter, uh, excited to see him at SoFi for the first time on Saturday night. Uh, the other name I'd like to mention is Sebastian Joseph Day. Hmm. When Aaron Donald is not wrecking practice the last two weeks, Sebastian Joseph Day is. I think he's poised for a career season. I think he's a breakout star, even coming off of a great season last year. JB, good point. Just a good point on that. You're, you know, I should we should have all brought up Sebastian. There was a practice where he was in the backfield nonstop, totally wrecking the offense. So um, I'll double down on, on your vote there for Sebastian. Awesome. Well, Lindsay, thank you for your company. MJD and DeMarco, can't wait to get back on the air with you this Saturday. And once again, to our audience, this is Between the Horns, and we're back on a regular Thursday morning cadence. Hope you can catch us live on social and digital. If not, feel free to uh, keep a bookmark on the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Between the Horns is presented by your Southern California Toyota dealers, proud partner of the Los Angeles Rams. And please don't forget that you still have your chance to join us inside SoFi Stadium this season. Single game tickets available for this Saturday against the Chargers, as well as season tickets for the 2021 campaign. Just go to therams.com slash tickets, therams.com slash tickets. Have a great rest of your week. Hope to see you Saturday night in Inglewood.